Hello 49er fans and thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's show is brought to you by the 49ers Paradise Store with great new merchandise for the 2006 season. You've got to check it out. Alright 49er fans, thanks for uh, visiting and listening to the site. I I know it's been about two weeks since the last uh, podcast and well what can I say, I'm a little busier this summer than I was anticipating and it's the off season so... Uh, give me a break, okay? No, just kidding around. I do try and get these done as often as I possibly can. Uh, just a lot going on in my life, as some of you already know. Um, working basically one full-time job and two part-time jobs, planning a wedding, and um, doing some web design, of course, on the side. So all that uh, being said, I'm keeping pretty busy and uh, doing my best to keep 49's Paradise up to date. Um, one thing that's really cool is that 49ers Paradise has seriously climbed up in the Google ranks um, over the past few months. And, you know, every once in a while you'll catch 49ers Paradise in the top two or three under the search term 49ers in Google. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to be at and a pretty cool place to be. So welcome to all the new visitors who have come that way. And uh, if you haven't, go check it out. I think it's a pretty cool thing. Alright, so that brings us down to the nitty-gritty. I have a couple questions that I want to get to, and um, before I do that, though, I know it's a little unorthodox, I do want to get the site feature out of the way, and that's, um, it's actually a thread on the forum, it's not so much of a feature, but I do want to bring it to all of your attention, because if you haven't seen it yet, it's something you absolutely should check out. It's a, in the 49ers Paradise Literally section of the forum, it's the topic, fans interested in visiting training camp, please let me know. Please, spelt PLS. Um, make a post in there. Sadie, who's one of our forum regulars, has, um, she goes by Hawaii49, graciously um, informed us of the training camp opening dates, and there's a way to get into camp via 49ers.com. And um, all that information is up there. If you are in the Bay Area or if you have the opportunity to travel this summer, you are not going to want to miss this opportunity to get out to training camp. Go get your tickets. I went a couple seasons ago, and even though the 49ers really weren't a great team at the time, it really was one of the best times of my life. It's something you don't want to miss. Being able to interact with the players is just absolutely awesome. I think it's great that the team opens up the camp on a few days. I wish they would open up, open it up every day. But if you do have the opportunity to go, go and report back to us. Let us know what the story is and uh, tell us what the team's up to. By all means, take some pictures if you can, and uh, we'll try and get them online for everyone to see. I think that will be really, really cool. All right, so this week I have a question from Jerry in San Jose. Jerry asks if... Ahmad Brooks passing on him in the supplemental. He went to the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, the linebacker. Um, if that was a good or a bad move. And um, quite frankly, I don't think it would have made sense taking Brooks anywhere before the thir- the fourth round. So I think that the Bengals went after him, didn't give anything um, in terms of his off-field problems, his uh, you know lack of 
motivation towards the game anymore, and they just went for it. And they were pretty confident, I'm sure, knowing that they could get him with a third-round pick because most teams were not planning on putting anything in over a fourth. So as a result, the 49ers never did bid on the player because it does go round by round. Uh, There are rumors that they weren't planning on it, and there are rumors that they were going to bid a fourth-round pick only if he was still available, they'd get him. So, um, how do I feel about it? I don't... I I think it was the right move to let him go in the third round. I certainly wouldn't have given up a third-round pick for him next year. I was hesitant to give up a fourth-round pick, not because I don't think he's a good player, but I don't think he fits into Nolan's uh, character-type players. I don't think it sets the right image for the team. And... um, you know, I know that there won't be a very strong linebacking group next season, but I don't think the 49ers would have gotten more out of Brooks than they would have a draftee next year. So being able to get him in the third round with potential first-round talent, good for the Bengals. Um, but they're also willing to risk a little bit more in terms of off-field performance or antics and trades, and I know the 49ers simply aren't willing to put up with that, and that kind of makes me proud. So I'm happy, really happy about that, actually. The next question I have here is from Paul in Dallas. Dallas, of course, being cowboy territory. Uh, Paul, a faithful 49er fan, asks what my take is on the 49ers uh, stadium announcement. And uh, this question, I guess, comes at a very good time because I was hoping to talk about the stadium anyways in this podcast. So may as well jump right in with with both feet. Um, basically, I don't think that the 49ers Stadium announcement is anything to get that excited about yet. Essentially, we have a picture. We've had a picture for years. This just happens to be a different picture. Uh, but I don't think we have a plan yet, and I don't think the York de Bartlow family has a plan yet either for a new stadium. I think all they really have is a picture, and I find that rather upsetting considering they've had so many years to do more than that. So a picture is what they have, whereas they could have had an entire plan. They don't know, for example, where cars will park while they are building the new stadium. They don't know how they're going to fund the new stadium. They don't know how much exactly the new stadium will cost. Their ballpark, for example, has a $200 million cushion. A $200 million cushion. That's unreal. Um, beyond that, the uh, artist renditionings don't even accurately reflect the Bay Area and Candlestick Point. The stadium itself, they're not sure what the retail enhancements will be. They're not sure what they're going to be building around the stadium. All in all, it was a rather disappointing uh, showing from the Yorks, in my opinion. I don't think that we should get all excited about there being a picture. To me, it was like, okay, we have to put out something because it's been so many years already and the 49er fans are begging for something. They want to see something. They want to see an improvement. So here's a picture. Fantastic. Well, you know, has it been approved by voters? No, not at all. Has uh, there been an environmental analysis? No, not at all. So, I mean, what, what do we really have here? Nothing. And so that's, I guess, why I'm disappointed with the stadium announcement. I was hoping for a whole lot more. Now, there's this big argument out there, and uh, it's quite a big discussion, that the $70 million essential severance payment 
that York had to give Eddie DeBartlow to maintain the team, basically to pay him off, was the hindrance in terms of getting a stadium moving, getting free agents going, all that type of stuff. Or that the Yorks didn't want Eddie to be anywhere associated with the team while they built a new stadium because they didn't want him to have any claim to it. Again, I just think that these arguments are complete hogwash. Because, first of all, $70 million is a lot of money. It's a lot of money to you, it's a lot of money to me, it's a lot of money even to a $49 million uh, business. But, at the end of the day, that's why we have banks. And it's not like that $70 million came from out of the blue. They knew they were going to have to make some sort of payment. They may not have known exactly how much. They could have easily have been saving up for a few years. They also have these things called lines of credit or loans where you get money and you pay a little bit of interest and so on and so forth. And beyond that, all they have is a picture. They could have had a picture three years ago and gone on with the planning and the voting and all the necessary funding, etc. No, instead, they wait and they wait and they wait and now we have a picture. Quite frankly, I'm not impressed and I'm slightly disappointed. I was hoping I would be a lot more excited about it. I was hoping there'd be a lot more to get excited about, and there just isn't. So that's my take. I hope we learn more really quickly, and I hope that the 2012 guideline six years from now is uh, the outside, because if this is 2014, 2015, then we're talking like absolutely ridiculous already by that point. Alright, so that brings me to the training camp preview. And for the training camp preview, in last episode I looked primarily at the wide receiver in the tight end position. Uh, I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball today. And I'm going to be talking mainly about the running back, fullback, halfback, whatever you want to call it, position, as well as the offensive line. So the running back position is pretty interesting because you have Frank Gore and Kevin Barlow as uh, your one and two. Don't really know how they're going to line up, but those are basically your one and two, and they provide a pretty interesting combination. Um, hopefully one that can add, you know, stay healthy between the two of them, the running back committee approach, by committee approach could work, and work well. We saw Barlow excelled in that role, working with Garrison Hurst, and um, I was quite enthused, actually, by what I saw with Frank Gore last season. So, I think the two could be a pretty potent punch. I would like to see Gore be the starting and featured back. I don't know how Barlow would handle that. Um, But as long as the two are putting up four or five yards carry and, you know, on first down they're not falling flat on their face, I think that could be very, very good for the team. Now, additionally, you have Maurice Hicks, and Hicks had an interesting season last year. He's a bit faster of a back, somebody you'll see perhaps a little bit more on third downs, but I think in general, you're going to see a lot more Frank R. and Kevin Barlow than you will see Maurice Hicks, and I think you'll also see a lot more of the rookie Michael Robinson than you will of Maurice Hicks, because Michael Robinson's going to be taking on an interesting uh, hybrid type back position, where it's a cross between a tight end and a running back position, and I think that will suit him quite well. I think he'll be able to make a lot of plays with the ball in his hands, and I think that has a lot of potential to be a real playmaker there. So I don't know how much Maurice Hicks we're actually going to be seeing in the position. And 
leading the way for those guys. Again, Terry Jackson is returning, but he's much more of a special teamer than he is a running back player. He can certainly contribute in that role, but hasn't much in the past few years, and I expect him to play more special teams than they do running back or fullback. Uh, which leaves us with Chris Hetherington and Morian Norris, and I don't know that both of them will make the roster. Um, and if I think one of them will and one of them won't, my hat would go off to Morian Norris. I think he would be the the guy who would stick around. He's a really good blocking back. He's not much of a running back, but he's a very good blocking back. Chris Hetherington's a little bit more versatile, um, been in the league a little bit longer as well. But uh, I think Morian Norris would really open up some holes for whoever's in that running backfield where I don't think Chris Hetherington did a great job of that last year. I think he's serviceable, but that's about it. So I think that running back the 49ers have at least been able to improve their situation from last year. If the guys can stay healthy, they should be a better running team. But ultimately, I do believe it'll come down to the offensive line. And the offensive line is where one of the biggest question marks on this team are. And I really, really believe this offense will either live or die with the offensive line. So who do we have? Well, at tackle, what you have is you have Jonas Jennings coming back from injury. And that should be a boost to the offensive line, and he will likely start opposite of Adam Snyder. Snyder has played uh, different positions throughout the line, but seemed to do a decent job there in his stint last season. And it would put Quaim Harris on the bench, which is something the team probably has wanted to do for quite some time now. Now, uh, the thing about Quaim Harris is that he's never reached his potential, whereas Jonas Jennings is a real veteran at the position, and you have to believe that Snyder is on the up part of his career rather than on, you know, mediocre talent or staying where he is or perhaps even on the down part of his career. Hard to believe that Harris could actually be there, considering he never really spiked upwards in any way. But in any case, those are pretty much your starting tackles. Beyond them, you have, or your starting tackles and your top guy off the bench. Beyond that, you also have Patrick Estes, who was drafted um, to be a, well, drafted as a tight end to be converted into a tackle, and he's working into the position. And a few other people who will compete throughout training camp. But mainly, that's probably what you're going to be looking at. Inside, you'll have Larry Allen, who was a big offseason addition, playing left guard probably opposite of David Bass at right guard, or Justin Smiley. We're not really sure there's going to be a real battle there, and Eric Heitman could factor into the situation too, because we're hearing from a number of sources, including Jeremy Newbury's own sister, that he's recovering quite well and could win back the starting center position. So if Newbury is good to go at center, that automatically deepens the 49ers offensive line quite substantially, because what you'll have is you'll have Larry Allen on one end, and then a combination of Heitman, Smiley, and Bass vying for one other guard spot and then the backup position. So the 49ers have spent a lot of draft picks in this area over the past few years and have certainly improved the area, and there's a lot more depth there than there has been. Now, Tony Rag might figure into the position, too, if he can stick out there through training camp. So what the 49ers have is they have an offensive line that's a mixture of some veteran experience, some youth, some up-and-coming talent, and um, hopefully it can stay healthy because it was absolutely dismal last season. If the offensive line can give the running back some room to run, then what you're going to have is an offense that's absolutely balanced. And a balanced attack means that Alex Smith can be productive. 
without that balanced attack, without the protection for Alex Smith, without the running game, it's going to be another very, very rough time on the young quarterback. Now, Alex Smith, of course, is not the only quarterback on the roster. The team is figuring him in to start, and he should continue to start unless he gets injured. Now, if he gets injured, Trent Dilfer would be the first guy off the bench. Dilfer signed in the offseason as well as a veteran presence that the 49ers are hoping can mold Smith. Now, I'm not so convinced that Dilfer actually has something he can offer Smith, but he sounds like he is a competitive guy. He has an understanding of the team. And uh, he is going to be wearing John Brody's number out of respect and uh, with Brody's permission. That number is coming out of retirement. Um, and I think that's pretty special. So it's pretty interesting to see that Dilfer cares that much about the history of this team and the history of the 49ers and um, hopefully can bring something back to help Alex Smith that wouldn't have been there with one of the younger alternatives at the backup position. Beyond Dilfer, the team has Jesse Palmer and Cody Pickett. Cody Pickett, of course, was drafted by the team. Palmer, of course, is the former bachelor who was signed at the end of last season, released, and then re-signed this offseason. And the two will absolutely fight it out for that third quarterback position. Now, Cody Pickett could figure into the roster in a different spot. The team does like what he does on special teams. Nolan loves his heart. But he took a big, big hit this offseason when he just said he's not going to go play in NFL Europe. So that could act quite strong against him. Other news that's occurred over the past few days, or since the last show at least, is that the team has added Penter Tom Ruin. Uh, Ruin is going to provide competition for Andy Lee, who actually had a very, very strong season last year. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise move, but somebody to push the push. Lee in the offseason, probably not too bad a option. And, of course, the team added Andrew Jackus and uh, Louis Berlanga to compete with with kicker Joe Nedney. Um, again, Nedney had a fantastic season last year, and it's hard to believe the 49ers really wanted to improve the situation, but more likely they just wanted to bring in some competition for training camp. So... That being said, the 49ers are looking to sign an undrafted rookie from the supplemental draft. That man would be none other than David Dixon, who's uh, coming to, if he comes to the 49ers, would come as a linebacker position. Again, not 100% sure he actually has a shot of making the team, but he's got a lot of potential. He's from a smaller college, may sit on the back burner for a year or so, uh, may be a practice squad type guy, but could eventually factor into the 49ers uh, overall picture. So that uh, brings us to the conclusion of this week's podcast show. I want to invite all of you to send your comments and questions or call the show from San Francisco or throughout the United States. There are local calling numbers available on the podcast page, but from San Fran, dial 415-354-1083, press 1 and dial 1747 628-7149, and then the number sign to be connected to 49ers Paradise. Of course, you can reach me at brian at 49ersparadise.cjb.net, and I'll be happy to answer all of your questions. I hope you enjoyed this week's show, and have an awesome, awesome week. Only 8 days, 13 hours, 30 minutes, and 51 seconds as of right now until training camp opens.
of the 49ers had only just begun.